Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, where we're in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. If you're new to the show or if this is your first time listening, all that basically means is this is a place where we have conversations that really explore what authentic Christianity should be, and we do that looking at really just a basic reading of Scripture and the words of Jesus. I started this podcast a little bit more than six months ago because I wanted to get some answers about things that had been perplexing me about Christianity and uh, things that I had never really understood or had always kind of bothered me. It was questions like those that drove my family and I to move from where we had been living north of Winnipeg in Manitoba, Canada, all the way down to Northern California into a place called Southside Oroville. We serve as basically urban missionaries in a pretty rough neighborhood. And what I really found out quickly was that I'm not the only one with these questions running through my mind. Questions like, how do we follow Jesus today? Is the American church on the right path? As a follower of Christ, what is my life actually supposed to look like? To help me find answers and to process some of the things I've been learning, I've enlisted the help of several people, lots of people actually, from the Father's House Church, the church that we ended up moving down to and attending. All the voices you hear on The Uncommon Truth are people that are, are daily struggling through and working through the same questions that I am, and it seems that they've found some really, really livable solutions and really truth-based solutions to live their lives by. Today's episode is really no different. Today I'm joined by Danielle Devine. She is the daughter of pastor couple Steve and Vicki Orsillo at the Father's House Church. She's also on pastoral staff running the kids department. Danielle has a master's degree from Arizona State University where she also played college basketball and enjoyed considerable success. She was almost drafted in the WNBA before she decided to pursue ministry full-time. She's married to Derek Devine, who's a former National Football League player, and Derek's also been a contributor to The Uncommon Truth. Together, they have three beautiful children, Dominica, Dallas, and DJ. I asked Danielle to join me today because I think she has a lot to say about the state of young adults and millennials in particular and how they relate to the church. There's been a lot written and studied about the subject, but Danielle has a really unique perspective, and she's going to share it with us today, coming up here on The Uncommon Truth. All right, well, it's my pleasure here on The Uncommon Truth to welcome one of the, I guess, founders of the podcast uh, and previous co-host with me, Danielle Devine. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. I'm glad to be back, Max. Yeah, so last time last time we talked, you were you were my boss, and <laughs> you you were the one I pitched the podcast to, and and you liked the idea, and and you believed in it, and um, so you'll always have a place in uncommon truth lore. Hopefully, in in five years, we're still talking about that that day. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool. And in the meantime, you've gone on to head up a big change in in our church's kids department, and so. Um, it's it's just cool to reconnect with you watching uh, watching all that happen. Yeah, it's been good. And don't get it twisted. I'm still Max's boss. Yeah, <laughs> still boss. Around. I knew that I was gonna. I was sitting <laughs> getting ready this morning. Like she's gonna slip that in. Oh, of course. <laughs> so I wanted to have you on today because um, I, I've been thinking a lot. Last week we had Steve, your dad, on talking about uh, the decline of the church and 
and talking about so we've obviously declined in numbers in in Christianity in the West specifically, not so much in the rest of the world where different groups are picking up and and the church is really growing organically. But in the West, we've been slipping for generations, and uh, and really it seems like it's because the younger uh, young, younger generations aren't really picking up their parents' faith, and so the the older generations are sort of keeping on soldiering on but it's not regenerating, right? And we talked about it being, you know, we can see that as like the tragedy that it is, but we could also see it as an opportunity with with this young younger generation. They don't have the, the same, I don't know, our generation doesn't really, it's not taken for granted that we know the Bible, that we know the things that our parents grew up with just from growing up in America or Canada, right? And so it got me thinking a lot about a lot about the the younger generations, like the millennials, Gen, mm. Gen. I guess that's Gen Y for <laughs> those of you keeping score at home, and and the ones coming up behind us. Yeah. And um, I thought you'd have some really good insights. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an inter- interesting conundrum. I uh, my husband and I, Derek, feel really called to millennials. Um, the truth about millennials is they are very socially focused, mm-hmm. um, probably more than most generations before. So it's kind of odd that um, millennials are actually causing the church numbers to decline. But it also makes a lot of sense, too, because a lot of millennials are transforming the way social entrepreneurship is even done. Mm. Uh, They are incorporating technology. They're actually solving world's problems on a mass scale. I just read an article about the Pacific Garbage Patch cleanup. Oh, yeah. And how incredible that that is and how technology is really uh, coming through and cleaning that up. And so actually there's a lot of amazing social entrepreneurs in the millennial age group and in the world today. And Mm. it's, uh, most millennials make decisions on what they eat based on how it was processed and they care a lot about values and it's actually a really good quality. Mm -hmm. Uh, the marriage rate is actually, uh, gone on, up by 20%, the divorce rate, I should say. Oh, the divorce um, rate. Yeah. Because of millennials, and there's a lot of factors that go into that, you know, mo- namely that they're living together first, so they know, mm. <laughs> know they yeah. want to stay together and getting married older, where they're making a little wiser choices, maybe. But so it, in my opinion, it has to do with the way that the church has been run and the impact it's had on society in their recent uh, history. Mm. Uh, I think millennials are more excited about transformation churches, which we uh, like to think of ourselves as a transformation church. A church that doesn't exist to just be on a service on Sunday that you attend for an hour. Not a status quo, like we like the way things are and so let's just keep it, but more like, hey, something needs to change and we're going to go after that. People are actually really excited about transformation churches, uh, politicians, uh, local law enforcement, community in a whole. When a transformation church moves into a neighborhood and starts actually evoking change, actually being the very things they say they are, but very obviously to the community, the community gets behind them and it actually becomes a really healthy, growing uh church because like I said the way we've done church in recent history isn't something that excites millennials yeah they want to see change they want to see transformation they want to see social social entrepreneurship on the highest levels and I think that's what the Acts church was I think the Acts church moved into uh, Rome wherever it went and made a deep impact to the yeah. point where it just angered a lot of yeah you well, know, and, and it scratched a lot of people's itches like hey like mm-hmm. there's there's real 
there's real stuff wrong. And instead of walking the other way, they walk towards the danger, towards the disease and hardships. and Absolutely. And because of uh, the rise of social media and everybody getting a voice now, millennials are very outspoken as well. Right. And so everyone gets an opinion, everyone gets a voice. And I think just the old way of doing church is not appealing. And people are voicing their angst with it. And so that's my opinion. I, I really love millennials. I see some really positive, amazing things happening in our culture. I I know that I read the other day that officially millennials are now the largest workforce in America. Okay. So that's, that's happened. That's taking place. Yeah. So that's means that they're going to be your largest, uh, church demographic, uh, should be anyways. Mm -hmm. And so we got to do a better job, not necessarily catering to millennials weaknesses, but definitely, uh, utilizing what they are good at. And there's a lot of things millennials are good Mm -hmm. at. Yeah, I was thinking about this um, recently. I had a, a friend who took over the camp ministry that my wife Sheree and I left. She came and visited us, and we were just reminiscing about all the the leaders that had gone be like gone through. Uh, you know, I had worked with, and she had worked with, and where's so and so at? Where's this person at? And we were kind of actually a little bit discouraged because we'd have lots of really solid leaders come through camp. And then we're looking, you know, following them on social media or, or checking in with them. Hey, what's going on? And finding people who've left husbands or yeah. um, who have left the faith or just sort of, you know, really capitulated to society. Like, well, I, I think it's more important to have an active, you know, an Instagram account where I yeah. pose without my shirt on, you know, yeah. than, uh, than being, I guess, really involved in, in ministry. And and so I... I I've been thinking about this ever since we moved here, and is one of the things that that actually motivated us moving here was that why, why aren't people why aren't people going farther? And so our our age group there for young leaders was like nineteen to twenty five ish, and the the age or the way camp worked it was like four months of intense like kind of like how we do events at our church here just really intense for like four months and they would be all in their lives would be transformed they'd see victories they'd be really involved in community they'd have to lean on each other they really have to lean on jesus and the holy spirit and and they'd be like man my life has completely changed and then two months after camp you go and see like hey how's that like i'm so excited that your life was completely changed this summer let's talk about you know getting connected with the church and and making sure those things don't just rust over the winter and they they would they they would just rust right and most of my job was just trying to brush off that rust for the next year mm -hmm. because you know like oh i want to get back to camp where i can Mm -hmm. really be it wasn't sustainable we knew that because it was, you know, it went from 150 staff members to 30. Yeah. Right? So that leads us to some of the major issues with millennials in the church. Um, and is the reason, the, the central reason to why I wrote my book coming up, it's called A Line in the Sand. We're going to have you on for yeah. that, right? <laughs> Should be out by um, the first of the year. What's it called? A Line in the Sand, Uncompromising okay. Faith in a Compromising World. Awesome. That's the name of the book. And it, it's basically going after this concept of real Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like what is real faith? Cause the entire world is compromising right and left. And when Jesus came, he came to preach an uncompromising Christianity. Yeah. 
And with millennials, one of the central purposes of me writing this book was to get millennials to read the Bible because Mm -hmm. most most of the younger generations aren't reading the Bible. They're relying on social media. They're relying on short video clips. Everybody's getting their church experience, quote unquote, from, you know, speakers uh, on online and Mm -hmm. they don't know the fruit of the speakers. They don't know the the person um, personally and they're allowing them to disciple them. And so it's going after what does the New Testament say about discipleship and Christianity and what you described in your camp experience is an experience based on um, influence or not. The camp experience is a camp experience. It's based yeah. on experience. It's like it's a mountaintop on, sort of. Uh-huh, it's event, based on right? feeling. It's based on uh, experience. And mm-hmm. a lot of millennials are all about that, especially Christians. Yeah. But you cannot have a Christianity based on experience. It will wither when hardship comes. You'll you'll fall away because you don't have your Christianity based on truth. And the truth is found in Jesus Christ. The New Testament is very clear about that. The truth doesn't change. It's it's foundationed on Jesus Christ. And so if you are a Christian and you do not read the words of Jesus and you don't read the New Testament on how you should live, then you're very easily going to be pulled away by the world because Lucifer, he's the engineer of society and he is extremely smart and he's smarter than us and he'll pull us away, but you have to be foundation on the truth. And I think that's the cornerstone issue of why millennials have, are being pulled away, why young people are not having this powerful, uh, fruits of the spirit Christianity is because yeah. it's based on experience. And although experience is important, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in this oneness with the Holy Spirit is super important. If you don't have the foundation of the Bible, then you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. You're in big, big trouble. And so, um, yeah, the societal views on everything are in our face all the time. And it's a war of ideas. It's a war of beliefs. And a lot of young people also uh, believe in the um, the lies that the world gives us that truth is based on emotions. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you feel. Don't let anybody tell you how to feel. You yeah, get to I, feel I saw a Babylon Bee article. Yeah. It said, so there's, uh, Martin Luther had like sola scriptura, um, you know, the only scripture. Like that's where... And so they said this new new study finds millennials believe in sola feels right yeah. only feels yeah. it's so all about the feels and if you're a woman especially you know you know that uh, feelings and emotions aren't necessarily um, right all the time yeah and they change a lot and a lot of men obviously have the same thing where our emotions and feelings lie to us. I, I do discipleship pretty heavy here at the church and I have a lot of people that I work with a lot of women. Um, and belief based on emotions and feelings is totally rocky. It's, Mm -hmm. it's one day you're doing great because someone told you you're doing great. And the next day you got a small correction and your whole day is terrible. It's like, instead of the truth is Jesus made me, I live in him. He's my King and I am doing well. You know, the the truth. What is the truth? What does the Bible say? So I would say another big issue is just being whisked away by how we feel in any moment. And I actually have done some studying on this and um, being able to have self-control with your feelings and emotions and not let them rule you, not Mm -hmm. be your God. Uh, is part of maturity process. And a lot of people aren't growing up with parents teaching them the maturity process when it comes to our emotions and feelings. And we just buy into the societal view that it's how you feel, how you feel is true. That's a lot of, a lot of folks in our generation and subsequent generations kind of like the latchkey kids, right? Mm -hmm. I let myself in after, after school and, and, uh, I had great parents, but I, 
I know there's a lot of people that just weren't shown some of these mm-hmm. things, right? Like, um, hey, this is how when things don't go your way, this is how we react. And yeah, it's absolutely. and your natural reaction that needs to be tempered with actual maturity. And that only comes right like yeah. uh, like a three year old hits yeah. their knee and they're going to they're going to fall out. on the ground yeah. and freak out like <laughs> mine did last night. Yeah. And uh, but, you know hopefully as as a as a man you you hit your thumb with a hammer and you don't let out a string yeah. string of customers even though you want to yeah. right well you go to any daycare and you can see that um part of the immaturity process is acting however you feel mm-hmm. right it's a self-centered uh ideology in the world system the way society is framed is to be that if you feel it it's true and that's what they're hammering down our throats all the time yeah. nobody can tell you who you are how to feel any of that stuff. And it just is so contradictive to um, Christian principles because mm-hmm. then you're saying that emotions now are your God. So in the moment, if I'm feeling depressed, if I'm feeling like I want to freak out and things are all wrong, but things aren't wrong, things are actually really good. Maybe my life is actually better than it's ever been. I'm you know, doing better than I've ever done. Then in that moment, if I give into the feelings and allow them to be my truth, they're actually my God, mm-hmm. not Jesus. And so it's this constant battle between who am I going to serve, my emotions and feelings, or my God. And I don't want it to be miscommunicated that emotions are all bad. No, emotions are from God, but just like any gift God gives them, they can be distorted and um, brought into great dysfunction, which Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, emotions in our society are. They cause great dysfunction. Like, for example, I had a conversation with someone once and uh, we were talking about the need to live holy, the need to live righteous, because the New Testament is very clear about that. Yeah. And they said, I just don't believe that. And I and I had presented them with, and very kindly, t- at least like 20 New Testament scriptures that said, you must live righteously, almost in those exact words. Yeah. And they said, well, I, I still don't just, I, it doesn't feel right. I don't believe it. And that's what we hit most of our sermons with it. Oh, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. Like I've heard that come out so many millennials mouths. It doesn't feel right. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter how it feels. Is it true or not? Mm-hmm. And the only way I'm bringing it all around, you're about to see it. The only way to know if it's true is to be able to understand the new Testament and be so versed in what the Bible says that you can compare the words of Jesus. You can compare the words of Paul, John, and Peter to what the the preacher is saying. And so yeah. now it doesn't become a based on how you feel about a certain subject. It comes down to what is true right. and what is truth. And that that person later I found out had secret sin in their life, so they didn't want to believe the scriptures yeah. on living righteously. So mm-hmm. And and when you pointed out that that studies show that each subsequent generation is less biblically literate than mm-hmm. than before and even though like my parents did not grow up in the church. My dad went to Catholic school, but there wasn't there wasn't a ton of Bible reading going yeah, on. Yeah, of course, it's and, Latin. <laughs> yeah, and my my mom didn't grow up in really any any religious framework. They still had a societal, a cultural sort of cachet and understanding of you know. You say Noah's Ark, they know what that means. Absolutely. You say uh, David and Goliath, they know what that means. Yeah. Not just a, a sporting underdog, mm-hmm. you know, like to, on Sunday football, right? Mm-hmm. There's a David and Goliath ma- matchup. They actually know yeah. the stories, yeah. even if they didn't spend, you know, a ton of time Absolutely. reading them. Now you go up to millennials today in, in the street and say, hey, tell me about uh, some guy you knew. Did, did you ever hear a story about a guy walking on water? And they're like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. Is that uh, is that on Instagram? I did, yeah. you know, like new shoes? What? Yeah. That doesn't know. bother me as much, though, Max, as 
millennial Christians. Right. Right. So millennial Christians just, we're just not leading them the way that we should. We should be, instead of catering to these one minute sound bites, I think the one minute sound bite is important to get them into hearing the entire teaching. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is, is that they're relying on those one minute sound bites. They're mm. relying on memes. They're relying on those little quotes that, you know, famous preachers put on, yeah. on Instagram. And they're just, with they're just, yeah. And they're just sharing them. It's like, yeah. well, you're just parroting. That's that, that actually can't be true. You know what they're saying cannot be true. And, um, I, as a millennial, uh, know that it can't be true because I, read the words of Jesus and I mm-hmm. read the new Testament and I've studied it and I've allowed the Holy spirit to speak to me through it. And, um, and you've had other people around you who've probably corrected your course, correct. right? Discipleship yeah. community, community is incredibly important. You cannot isolate in this pursuit of Christianity. Community is one of the center points. Um, even Jesus, I mean, Jesus, he was God. He had 12 guys around him. I cannot imagine living three years walking the distances he walked with 13. Did I say three, 12? I said, oh, you 12 said guys. 12. Yeah. Okay. With 12 guys around you constantly. Yeah. Like why, why 12 guys? Why not cycle through a bunch of different people so mm-hmm. that they couldn't get close to him so that he could, right? Like yeah. Millennials. Yeah. So let's cycle through a bunch of different people. So we don't have to get close to people. No, he had these 12 disciples that were with him every day. And those top 12 disciples had communities as well. The Acts church was a giant community because our lives in community exist for two reasons so that we can be molded and refined by others. Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz I iron when it comes right, when it comes to me, I'm pretty delusional when it comes to me. I think a lot of lies about myself and I probably think some things that are true that aren't. Mm-hmm. But other people can see pretty clearly. So if I allow them it, that I trust, that I've seen the fruit of their lives come into my life and mold me, I become way better. It's actually a huge part of the learning process that God created. Like following is God's design for learning. He Spiritual puts us, parents, right? It's like either being way, parented. His, yes, but God but puts in community, us in a family yeah. unit when we're babies and we learn through imitating our parents, through mm-hmm. imitating those in society. Spiritually, it's no different. We do need to learn from others when it comes to our faith. Now, the second point of needing to live in community is so that this love that we're receiving from God, this um, these revelations we're receiving, uh, so we don't become stagnant swamps. We have to be in community so we can give those away and be mm. like rivers, conduit of God's love. I receive your love to give it away. So being in community is huge. It's huge. It's necessary. You know, and I heard a study recently that people are meant to be in communities of about 150 okay. max. Yeah. Max, you know, and so that's why we find a lot of issues in big churches or in um, big governments. Like it's yeah. like we're not designed but I don't know how true that is. It was a pretty cool little study, but it was just, we're designed to be in community, but to have, you know, a set amount of people. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of, I think about how, how we were in community, like you've said before, millennials really desire to be social mm-hmm. and, and yet they're also very much about feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, one thing I've noticed is that they, we want to be in community but we also we want to control the community, though. We yeah, we control very <laughs> very rigidly control yeah. who's my tribe, right? Yeah. Um, and we get that with like the the unfollowing culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like you 
well, you said something I didn't agree with, and we've been friends for 12 years, but I'm just going to unfollow you, right? Yeah, yeah. We can't We can't be friends anymore because yeah. you don't agree 100% with... Because I have to control with, what's going on, right. but I want, I want people, but I don't want people. And that's not biblical community, right? No. Biblical community is... Um, Paul saying there's no there's no male or female slave or free Greek mm-hmm. or Hebrew right we're all there's we're all coming from different areas and we have things that we can inform each other on mm-hmm. and and so there's there's got to be different generations there's mm-hmm. got to be different viewpoints and we got to come together as the body we can't just be picking and choosing you know the people Absolutely. who already agree with us yeah and there's also definitely hierarchy within mm-hmm. Paul's communities I mean he called um Timothy and Titus, one semester. He called them all his sons. So mm-hmm. obviously he's a spiritual father to them. He has authority in their lives. Um, it's very obvious when you read the letters that these these guys, even John, he, he calls uh, my children like basically of the light, follow me kind of. And uh, he doesn't say follow me, but he, he talks about my children, yeah. uh, which he's talking spiritually. And so there's definitely a hierarchy within those communities and submission to that hierarchy is incredibly important. I'm just, I just am finishing this chapter in my book about imitation and following and how necessary it is. And I think if you allow me, I think I'd like to talk about uh, another main issue with why millennials are having so many problems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The Bible, when you look at it as a whole, there was so much following in the Bible, it's unreal. I mean, you talk about Joshua following Moses, you know, Caleb and Joshua. You talk about um, uh Elisha and Elijah, even David had to follow Saul, Mm -hmm. you know, even when Saul was trying to kill him. And a lot of, uh, these people followed another person, uh, you know, faith or not before God gave them their inheritance, you know, Mm -hmm. God fulfilled their calling. They had to submit to somebody else. And I think, uh, I mean, and I I could go on about Jesus submitting to his parents, submitting to temple leadership. Uh, He submitted to John the Baptist to baptize him. He didn't need John the Baptist to baptize him, but he did, and he followed him. And the disciples following Jesus, and you got all these uh, Timothy and Titus and uh, Onesimus, like I said earlier, following Paul as Mm -hmm. a spiritual father. So you have all this following other men in the Bible. And then you have these millennials. (laughs) Yeah, I don't follow anybody. Supremely afraid of authority, which... You know, probably no fault of their own. I mean, this society is harsh. It's it's a really hard society, but and there there has been so much in the church with leaders that haven't been safe to follow, right? And so absolutely. that's the, that's been the backlash. That's absolutely. But here's the problem. Many times, not a couple times, not one time. It's even part of the Ten Commandments. So this is how much you know it means to God. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it says honor your father and mother, so it will go well with you in the land. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't believe it's going very well with millennials in the land. And this is my theory. This is not anybody else's theory. This isn't Bible. This is my theory. Is there is this process in Christianity where you must learn from the generations that come before you. Mm -hmm. You must look to the generations to come before you because it's a pattern since the beginning of time in Judaism and in Christianity where you look to your elders for wisdom, for um, discipleship, and... All these people f- learned to follow in the Bible before God granted them their, fulfilled their calling. And I do believe that's important. I believe God calls us to follow others. And then through that and submitting to the other person's vision, even if it's not something that you totally are on board with. Yeah. And then God will bring about through honor. Well, God will bring about what he has for you. And the problem is no time in history, I don't think, has the generation, the younger generation actually f- literally been smarter than the generations before hmm. them. Yeah. So you have millennials who are 
by all definitions, not all definitions, that's wrong, I should say, by many definitions, intellect, IQ, technology, they are smarter. Mm -hmm. They have information at their fingertips. So they can circumvent the process, the design God created, but not following by getting the information themselves. Here's the problem with that is you are not honoring a father and mother in your life. And so it is not going well for you in the land. That honoring of father and mother spiritually, physically, is super, super foundational. Yeah, we have we have knowledge, but knowledge and wisdom are different things, right? right? We've and got so, the knowledge to do stuff, but we don't really have the wisdom to put it in the right spot mm-hmm. or use it in the right way. So we think we don't need those older generations. Yeah. Because maybe we do have the answers. But the truth is, is to fulfill the promises of God, to fulfill what God tells us to do, we absolutely need them. And, and this was a very personal revelation that God gave me because I have had prophetic words over my life my entire life same mm-hmm. ones you know they're yeah you shared the same. those a little bit yeah in, when you're talking about just saying yes to yep. jesus right yep and um this doesn't coming to orville didn't look like any of those it looks like like that's never gonna happen and so i was serving my parents faithfully but i was also trying to serve my own vision trying to serve this calling that i feel like i have on my life so i'm got two different masters right mm-hmm. and god said danielle I told you that you have to make your parents famous and serve them. You need to let the other stuff die. And I was totally convicted. And so I just surrendered that completely to Jesus. I surrendered my future completely to Jesus. And I said, I'm going to live to make my parents' vision, which isn't my vision, which Mm -hmm. isn't what I feel called to, happen. And I'm going to serve them. And I believe that God's big enough to work through that. That if he ever wants to bring my calling or whatever he has for me to pass that's separate, he can. Mm-hmm. Just like Elisha and Elijah. I mean, you know, that's an in- incredible um, example. And so I truly believe that it's so vital for millennials. So if you're a millennial, listen up. It is so vi- vital that in your heart, in your mind, that you are in submission to somebody farther along for you than you. A spiritual father, a spiritual mother, who you are actively working to try to make them... Um, put them in the spotlight to make their dreams possible. Because I feel like in the whole Bible, you'll see, if you'll look, that it is an incredibly strong pattern that God takes us through following to get us to our call. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's been part of my story here. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, um, in a couple episodes, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have, I'm going to actually be on your side of the the chair there. I'm wow. going to be interviewed. Who's interviewing you? I think Johnny, uh, oh. Johnny, who was on uh back a little while ago yeah, yeah. he's going to interview me and just ask how this this whole transition has been because yeah. that's kind of the baseline yeah. of the podcast is mm-hmm. i'm I, as a millennial i'm sort of searching for yeah. what the church just like your book what the church is really mm-hmm. supposed to be what is real christianity what is real discipleship right what is real christianity? and um, one of the biggest things that not to spoil that episode yeah. but it's it's that following thing right like i i jumped kind of jumped ahead i ran an organization at at the yeah. age of like 25 mm-hmm. and uh, I ran an organization better than the folks yeah. who had run it before Absolutely. me. And, and so then getting back to a point where now God has, it, it wasn't like that organization crumbled. No, it's, it was God saying, I've got something better for you. And you, you missed a step. I did. In your I missed discipleship, it. You missed a step, which is so vital, which is the case for many millennials because mm-hmm. you can start a ministry today, Max on social media start promoting yourself, start advertising, and you can have a ministry with, by the end of the year. Yeah, but it's going to lack substance. It's, it's going to lack, lack something. 
the whole thing is so it will go well with you in the land. Well, what does mm-hmm. that mean? You know, and so um, we have a bunch of millennials promoting themselves, promoting their message, promoting themselves as pastors, promoting themselves. And it's just, I'm not saying that it's not their time because maybe they have served, but I think learning to serve somebody else and somebody, somebody else is calling because you're, my parents and I, we're really similar, but we don't have all the same, uh, you know, focus. Yeah. Like I, I think they're incredible. I, I would die for their vision, die for their calling, die for their beliefs because they're incredible giants of the faith. Mm -hmm. But I do feel called to other things. And, um, but I'm okay to, if those other things never happen. Yeah. And that's where our hearts have to be is we are so limited in our thinking, so limited in our view of God that we think, that we have to make it happen. Yeah, that we, it's counting on us. Yeah. But I would say, I'll come in the opposite, which usually the kingdom is the opposite of the worldview, is if you will s- humble yourself and serve somebody else, you will see things beyond your imagination mm-hmm. because God's trying to take you through a process that He's had since the beginning of time and He doesn't change His process like that. Yeah. You know, the only time I've seen Him change His process is through Jesus and. Well, I don't think that's happening yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's my message to millennials is follow, find someone to follow, serve faithfully mm-hmm. and make them famous, make their vision come pass, like, and see what God does. Cause in my life, it's been the number one, um, production of fruit, the yeah. number one transformational thing. And I'm only about, I'm about to, about to turn 33 on the 21st yep. of November and I, I have a long way to go, but in seven years of being here. I have learned so much through following and it's been hard. It's been gruesome. I've been mad. I've been sad. I've been frustrated. Uh, but man, I've grown. Yeah. Those are the things that you strive against, yep. right? Work through. I've been taking up, uh, mountain biking. Yeah. Really? And, uh, <laughs> so Jordy's dad, Jordy's dad is, is from Alberta, Canada. So high altitude. Yep. He, uh, he's like, Hey, let's go mountain biking. Right. Yeah. This is the, the generation before me. <laughs> wants to take me mountain biking yeah. I think okay well I haven't been terrible I haven't been going you know <laughs> I only went a couple of times so far but yeah I can keep up with this guy yeah. I could not keep no. up with that guy no and uh yeah he was he was flying down these trails and mm. I'd get to the top of this climb and I didn't know bikes could go up this but he's just going like a mountain <laughs> goat up this like single track trail yeah and I get there like man okay good I get to take a break and nope, his wheels to... start rolling right as my mind crests the, the top yeah and I'm just like, oh, man, I don't even know if I have the energy to go downhill. Yeah. I don't know if I have the energy to squeeze the brakes. And uh, it's those challenges, yep. those things that that push us harder. Mm-hmm. I, I went out by myself later, and I, I couldn't do those hills yeah. because I didn't have this guy that I was trying to, yeah. like, I better keep up mm-hmm. with him. He knows the way home, right? Yeah. He knows, <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I'm stuck out here in the middle yeah. of nowhere in these hills. Yeah. And um, and it's going to be the same in my faith, in, in my journey. And I think that's that's what millennials listening, yeah, come find somebody to follow, yeah. somebody who who's gonna go where you want to go, mm-hmm. and is gonna drag you along with them. Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna be running running right behind them, yeah, in their slipstream, like he was trying Sometimes to like right right in my you. slipstream, right? Yeah. Like you're gonna, it's gonna be mm-hmm. easier for you. My problem, I couldn't stay in his slipstream because his his medium was faster than my yeah. my fast, yeah. right? But if I if I stay with him. If I stay with Jordy, if I stay with Steve, I'm going to, right. I'm going to come out as, as your dad says, I'm going to come out like right. gold. Right. Right. 
I hope I was clear in my explanation of all of that, just serving someone else's vision. I, I do believe it's God's design for us, and mm-hmm. it's so easy for us to self-promote, so easy for us to put ourselves in the front. And the truth is, is there are going to be areas where we are more talented, smarter, you know, more gifted maybe than the person we're following. But that's not really the point, is it? Because, you know, Joseph followed Potiphar. He followed the Pharaoh. Yeah. And they weren't even believers, Mm -hmm. but he still got incredible fruit from it. And David obviously was one of the best kings of that Israel's ever seen. God, God calls him a man after his own heart. He followed Saul. He didn't uproot Saul. He didn't take Saul out, even though Saul was trying to kill him. And he was a way more natural leader and more sound of mind. But Mm -hmm. he went through the refining following process. And it wasn't easy and it was hard, but he still did it. Yeah. And I just think with every example I've given, there's 10 more of just people in the Bible. You know, Ruth and Naomi, you know, giving up everything to faith beliefs everything to follow you know i just i really believe that it is the fruit that you want to see in your christian walk will come through following and it doesn't matter if it's a bad situation if you're faithful in it you turn to jesus you give it to him he can make it what he wants because he's powerful and I'm, i'm not talking bad situation like bad things are happening to you. I'm talking about maybe you feel like you're more qualified or you're unseen or your work isn't being honored or whatever the stupid situations that mm-hmm. we believe, you know, in those scenarios that if we'll just submit it to God, Lord, I'm not being honored, but I honor you in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I give this to you because your affirmation is more important to me and you have me here. What are you trying to teach me? Yeah. You know that. So I hope that was clear. And so then the, the end, because that that process is really not easy. What can you speak of on the other side of it? Like what what will motivate a <laughs> a millennial to undergo yeah, yeah, yeah. this sort of like, oh man, it's like a little yeah. little little death almost, yeah. you know? You know, my dad's not perfect. Um by any means. He he's is, gonna listen to this. So. I know. It's okay. He knows. <laughs> I hope he knows he's not perfect. He makes mistakes. He um is an incredible man who never intends to make mistakes, always intends to do right, um, never intends to hurt anybody, uh, is always after the calling of Jesus Christ. He's always after winning souls. He's all, I mean, he is who he says he is, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a man of hypocrisy and it's been hard because he is my dad and he's my boss, but there has been so much fruit in my life. I came here, I came back to the father's house in 2011, very broken, uh, very harmed by my college career, both physically and mentally, emotionally. Didn't know who I was, hated myself, uh, completely served a spirit of fear, struggled with anxiety, struggled with uh, fear in a huge way. Mm-hmm. And didn't have any friends, didn't want friends, didn't want to be loved, didn't like love, you know, just, just a shell. And I think I'm speaking to a lot of people. Um, but through this process of just putting my head down and doing the grunt work, becoming the kid's pastor, I mean, that's the last thing I wanted to do, (laughs) but I was asked to do it. Yeah. I have found a God that is bigger than I ever imagined. A God who cares about me, is so compassionate, wants more for me than I want my, for myself, has healed through forgiveness, this journey of forgiveness, has healed parts of me that I never thought would be healed, 
I, I have peace. I, I, I'm happy. I sat down at the mall the other day looking at people. Nobody is happy. Right. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, I make very little money and I live in an abundance, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's this abundant life I feel like that I'm experiencing. The, the peace, the patience, the joy, the kindness, the goodness. And mm-hmm. it all starts with being willing to admit mistakes, being willing to admit character flaws, being willing to face your emotions, be emotional, face your past. And that all happened by being here. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen for me anywhere else. And it didn't happen like I planned to come here and deal with all these things in my life. Yeah. No, being here is what caused all these things to be taken care of. And I just have such incredible freedom. I have three little babies uh, mm-hmm. Dallas, Dominica, and DJ. And I'm so blessed. I have an incredibly happy marriage. Um, I get to do some awesome stuff. I mean, I've helped start five businesses, mm-hmm. a 10,000 person, almost 10,000 person obstacle course race. Yeah. I get to talk to, sen- I just, you know, was talking in, to a senator the other day just because, you know, yeah. <laughs> just talking yeah. to all these incredibly influential people. And, uh, I got to write a book, which I mm-hmm. never wanted to do. And it's, it's just, you just follow one breadcrumb after the other and you end up in this place seven years later. That's just abundantly blessed. Yeah. And it's hard to just take that and make your life decisions just based on that. But you just have to trust. Yeah. You have to, if you read the new Testament, you'll know what I'm saying is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess what I, what I hear you saying for people listening for, especially people mm-hmm. in, in the younger generations mm-hmm. who are thinking, all right, what's what's sort of next for me? Mm-hmm. Um, I hear you saying that it comes down to it. They they really want real. Mm-hmm. They reject hypocrisy. Yep, they hate it. They they want real. They want they want um, almost like this more than any other generation. This dream that they see of their life. They actually they want, want significance. Yeah, they significance, meaning, yep. and and real. And they're finding it in lots of the wrong ways mm-hmm. because they're not, they haven't been led through this process of submitting, mm-hmm. following, and and putting their lives in order right. to get that. And so, if that's you out there, uh, like it was me, and mm-hmm. and we decided to come to a place where we thought, okay, well, this this actually has a chance of working. Yeah. Tired of stumbling through <laughs> life. life. Not like it was that. <laughs> big of a stumble but yeah. i had reached the top of my tree right yeah the top of the influence i could have in the mm-hmm. place i was at and i wanted i didn't want to just end there right you saw something more and you wanted it yeah and so that yeah. what that involves for me is climbing i got to the top of a really i thought it was a tree but it was actually a branch yeah. of of a much bigger tree i got yeah. to the very tip of this branch i have to climb down that branch back to the trunk so i can climb even higher yeah and uh, that's not really a fun process, nope. but I'm I'm banking on the words of Jesus yeah. that it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, as and as Paul said, like if if Jesus isn't resurrected, if Jesus isn't who he says he is, then we should be pitied as Christians for yeah. doing things like this, right? Yeah. You should be pursuing your your career in a professional sense and making yeah. a ton of money, and I should be doing the same thing. And mm-hmm. but we know Jesus is true. Yeah. And he is who he says he is and that, that he knows who we are meant to be. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, let's just the, trust him and go after him. that I have right now, you can't put a price on. Mm-hmm. I was so broken when I got here. I was so angry, so hateful, spiteful. Didn't have any friends. And it's like, I don't see it as much of a cost anymore. Yeah. We had to make some dangerous decisions. Like I said, the last time I was on the podcast, you know, people perfe- perceive our 
everyone's decisions as insane, but yeah. and they were hard, but wow, my life is the best it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so mm-hmm. much for for joining us. Of course. Uh, and we will we will definitely have you on for my book. Yeah, for your book. Say plug it one more time so it's we can just get people excited. A line in the sand: uncompromising faith in a compromising world. What does that mean? You'll find out, I guess. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of The Uncommon Truth. Thanks again for making it a part of your podcasting life. I know there's a ton of podcasts out there, and you could be listening to really any one of them right now. But it's my goal that you hear things that you wouldn't hear anywhere else on The Uncommon Truth. And I hope that came across today. As I teased a little bit before when talking to Danielle, we've got some things in the pipeline here at The Uncommon Truth that I want to let you know about. Next week, I'm going to be having a conversation with Sarah Budd, who is from Cambridge in the UK. And we're going to be talking about the difference between a Christianity based on feelings and experience and contrast that with a Christianity based on the Bible and on truth. So you won't want to miss that. Also coming up in the not-too-distant future... I'm going to be switching seats. I'm going to be the one actually interviewed by my friend Johnny Bowers, who's going to ask me some questions about the last year and a little bit that my family has been living here in Northern California and sort of reset the podcast and and see kind of where we've been and where we're going. In the meantime, if you're looking for a little bit more content, you can check out our backlog of episodes. This is number 31, I believe, so there's 30 more to catch up on if you haven't heard those yet. And if you happen to like what you hear, please do go and leave us a rating or a review, especially on iTunes, but wherever you get your podcasts at. That just helps other people find The Uncommon Truth by boosting us up in the ratings and the charts for podcasts. Definitely also check out the show notes by scrolling down below this episode. There you'll find links to the Father's House different ministries, our Facebook and Instagram, and uh, some ways that you can get more content, our YouTube channel where we record sermons and live stream. And also, uh, you'll get a chance to check out some of Steve's books and in the future, Danielle's book. And you can order those on Amazon if you wish. Finally, before we go, if you're enjoying the show and you know of somebody who probably also would enjoy the show, there's going to be a link in the show notes that you can share that. It'll take them directly to whatever device that is necessary for them to check out the podcast. So if they're on an iPhone, it'll take them to Apple Podcasts. If they're on an Android, it'll take them to Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So please share the podcast if you're enjoying it. And I will see you next time here on The Uncommon Truth.